and welcome to another episode of A Little Spooky. This is the show where we talk about things that spook us just a little bit, like cryptids, conspiracy theories, urban legends, monsters, or that sinking feeling when you're in the Taco Bell drive-thru and they tell you they're all out of Baja Blast. My name is Colleen. My name's Everett. Baja Blast. Who doesn't love Baja Blast. It is, I'm not a big soda drinker. I can, I, I can drink like half a soda and then I'm like, all right, I'm fine with this. But Baja Blast is the one beverage that I could drink all day, every day and still gain enough joy from it to fuel me for the rest of my life. I know we have a lot of international listeners, and for those that don't know what Baja Blast is, it's literally just Mountain Dew mixed with blue Gatorade. Yeah, but it's the ratio. It's the rate. You can't just make it yourself. You can, probably. It's probably really easy, but it would not be the same. Speaking of unnatural food dyes, <laughs> it's St. Patrick's Day. St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> um, this will come out like the day after St. Patrick's Day. But yes. it's St. Patty's Day. It's St. Patty's Week. Patty's with a D, yeah. not with T. P-A-D-D-Y. I'm gonna, Remember that. I'm going to get some Guinness. We're going to mm-hmm. make some corned beef and cabbage. Yes, we are Irish American. We do corned beef and cabbage. Going to get gassy. I hadn't thought that far ahead, but you're probably <laughs> right. I will probably sleep in the guest room. <laughs> and because it's St. Patty's, we're going to do an Irish, Irish themed episode. Top of the morning to you. Is that... Is that still a thing? Jacksepticeye thing. Um, (laughs) I don't don't know what that is. um, So yeah, we're going to do an Irish-themed episode. And I thought long and hard, what do I want to do to represent Ireland? (laughs) I love your your Irish accent. It hurts. Um, We're going to talk about fairies. Yeah, yes. The fair folk. But the spooky ones. I feel like, so growing up as an American with Irish heritage... I always was under the impression that fairies are not good. There's no such thing as a good fairy. Like the twinkly, sparkly wing fairies aren't a thing. They they definitely exist, but that's not, of course, the only ones. Like everyone thinks of like Tinkerbell style fairies. Yeah, when I think of fairies, I think of like scary things that you need to like leave offerings out for so they don't, you know, burn down your crops. Here's the rule of thumb. Leave them alone. They leave you alone. All right. That's pretty much it, really. But fairies, basically, like you said, the fair folk, it's not like one type of thing. It's a bunch of different things. It's like monsters, nymphs, and like ghosts, pretty much ghosts. Like it's just a bunch of different folklore all melded into one term called fairies, and they all live in a different realm. Yeah, like to me, the term fairies is like the term monsters. You know, it's like a class of creature. Right. But, but they like do still have other from... monsters that aren't considered right, fairies. Right. That's what I mean, though. Like it's a, it's its own class of things. You know? Well, today we're going to talk about the spooky ones. Yeah. And some of me. the spooky ones. I want to know. What so, should I avoid? What do I need to do? So, well, let's, let's just have a brief introduction to fairies here. So, like we said, usually when people think or hear fairy they think of wings flying around fairy dust yeah and just like 
you know, living in flowers. Anime and, style stuff, really. Like, because fairies are kind of a new anime. I guess. Thing. Tinker. But, you know, they like live in flowers so. and they drink. Right. Well, those do exist, nectar. but it's not exclusively those. Okay. While some fairies perform good deeds, others are terrifying and could harm you if you get in their way or if you piss them off or you don't respect them. Sure. They demand your respect. So in the ancient times, when the Celts were not yet introduced to Christianity, Mm -hmm. they told stories to each other. And a lot of these stories were about supernatural beings called fairies. Then, of course, Christianity eventually comes over and a lot of Christian folklore mixes in with, with the fairy tales. So in more modern times, belief in Irish fairies it's still actually very widespread. I mean, of course, in the past century or so, maybe not quite as much, mm-hmm. but there are still fairy sightings to this day. You know, we kind of talked about that a little bit in the Green Children of Woolpit episode. Right. That was a few centuries ago, though. Was yes. it not? Well, when we did the episode, not quite that long ago. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> but the event took place a few centuries ago, yes. Right. But even even the 21st century sightings are still happening. Sure. So tales of unusual creatures were told and believed in Dublin well into the 19th century, and the belief does remain strong in western parts of Ireland up until the 20th century, and there's still, like I said, a handful of sightings now. They live in the fairy realm. We already kind of talked about that in previous episodes, so let's just kind of talk some types of spooky fairies. All right, I'm what's, down. What's one that comes to mind for you? Of a spooky fairy. Yeah. I have a list, but I'm just going to skip to whichever one you say, because I know you'll know at least one or two. Yeah. Now, when you say fairy, I don't know if it's classified as a fairy, but I guess banshee. Mm, Yes. So, of course, I don't speak Celtic. Gaelic. Gaelic. Gaelic, Celtic. I'm not of the ilk. At least you don't pronounce it Celtic. Like the basketball team. It kills me every time. Um, So I think... It's pronounced bonji, bonji. I mean, I'm not, I also don't speak Gaelic, but I... Sure. But it translates to woman of the fairy. Yes, I did know that she means woman. Yes. That was, that's about as far as my Gaelic knowledge goes. Well, she's a fairy, but she's also basically death, or at least the harbinger of death. Okay. And I think we did talk about a banshee-related story in a previous episode, we were actually talking about this earlier today. I don't remember which episode I it was. I either, but now I'm getting, like, deja vu a little bit. Right. Well, just to kind of go over it again, uh, because it obviously is the spookiest, I would say, of the fairies. Yeah. Uh, it's said that the Banshee appears as either an old woman with rotten teeth and long fingernails, or sometimes a young, unsuspecting girl mm-hmm. that just surprises you with her screams. She usually wears rags and has blood red eyes that are so filled with hate, if you look directly into them, it will cause immediate death. Hate? Okay. Now, that's not like what I pick. I always kind of pictured a banshee as just like a harbinger of death. Right. You well, know, that's, like you that's, see the grim. Yes. So there's obviously many different variations of banshees. But the, typically, the banshee's mouth is always open. It's never closed. Okay. And she'll always have a piercing scream that torments anyone nearby yes so according to legend she appears to members of families to warn them of impending death 
An old Irish superstition is that every Irish family has its own personal banshee, mm. and she would appear shortly before one of the family members was going to die. Okay. The banshee is often also described as having white hair with a very pale complexion and usually wearing white as well. So just pale so completely. Sure. It's like the interesting like woman in white kind of thing that seems to show up around the world. Yeah, because I know that's a very big South American one, too, is mm -hmm. the woman in white. La Llorona. I don't know if she's the woman in white, but like, again, a crying woman. Right. And she usually has blood-stained clothing, too. So it is important to note, though, that the Banshee is usually not actually seen, usually oh. only heard. Well, then where'd the there, description There are cases from? of seeing a Banshee, but usually only hear it. Oh. Or her, I should say, not it. Interesting. Um, so one famous case involves King James I of Scotland, who was visited by a wailing woman and told of his own forthcoming death at the behest of Earl of Athol in 1437. So some legends say that if you hear her piercing shriek, you're going to die within 24 hours, but it's more often believed that the deceased person is actually a relative of the individual that hears the cry. Okay. So, you know, it could be either way, depending on what you believe. Sure. Now, you don't usually see it, but you hear it. Her. Her. I feel like we're talking about a piercing shriek. Like, usually you would think, oh, of course, like, th there's no mistaking what that is. But couldn't it be like the wind? Or I mean, how do you know it's a banshee if you're not seeing it? Because it's really freaking loud. Okay, so it's like right. Okay, see, now that's freaky because I could be sitting doing some cross stitching and then all of a sudden behind me I hear a massively loud scream. Right. Turn around and there's a freaking old toothless bloody lady. I don't think she's toothless. You just said she had bad teeth. Oh, no bad teeth. teeth, but not no teeth. Oh, well, same thing. Um, <laughs> really? And I think one thing that came to mind for me, too, is since she's constantly screaming, why aren't we always hearing her? But then I remember she's a fairy. So she transports to Earth from the fairy realm only when she's about to announce a death or forewarn of a death. I wonder where she gets her knowledge from. Where do any fairies get their knowledge from? The milk. That's so a guess. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's not that's not an answer. That's just okay, a guess. Okay, I'm sorry. You, you're going to have to explain that fairies one. Fairies love milk. All and fairies? And cream-based foods. So is it really the cow? The cow knows. Cows just can't express it. It's not just cows. You can have goats and, you know, other other, <laughs> other mammalians. True. So, I mean, I suppose with my logic, a, a, a breastfeeding mother would also have future yeah. knowledge. Though there are a lot of cultures that think that pregnant women and breastfeeding women have supernatural powers and knowledge that's a story for another day <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay yes tangent you're so, right so i have one other story about a banshee and there's of course a lot of stories of banshees but this is definitely the most famous one and i feel like you've talked about this in that episode i was mentioning before mm -hmm. uh lady fanshawe does that ring a bell it rings a bell so the story of lady fanshawe she basically had an encounter with a banshee in Clare in 1642. So Clare, County Clare. Yep, Ireland. County Clare. Okay. So she and her husband, Sir Richard, were staying with, I think it was just a friend, Lady Harona O'Brien, in her castle, which was near Castle Lake. 
And she and her husband stayed in a room there, dozens of feet off the ground, overlooking a lake. Mm-hmm. And then one night, she was awakened by a high-pitched scream and saw the figure of a girl at her window. Mm-hmm. The spirit had, or fairy had, red hair and pale skin. The spirit eventually vanished, leaving the frightened lady to ponder what she saw. The following morning, she was told about the death of a relative who had been hiding an illness from her. And according to the legend, the spirit she saw was that of a peasant woman. She was the wife of a previous owner of the castle. Hmm. And the lady, and by lady, I mean the banshee, was murdered by her husband who drowned her in that lake that was overlooking the, or that the window was overlooking. Interesting. So is that a banshee? Yeah, it's like a mix between ghost and fairy. Was and that's screaming? what I Yeah. And that's what I mean. Like fairies in general, it's like kind of ghosts and ghost adjacent. Yeah. Or maybe they at just take the case. or they take the image of ghosts, like former people. Right. And we're talking about beings that come from another dimension. So maybe when you die, that's You go a, to the fairy realm? Yeah. Interesting. Or do you want, I, 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 I don't know. Any Irish listeners can let us yes, know what you, you know, think it, about that idea. Yes. Are fairies ghosts? Are ghosts fairies? Or are they completely different? Are these tales that you grew up with? I think I, I would imagine it's a lot like how here in certain families you'll hear old tales like from the Brothers Grimm. But it's definitely not like an American tradition to... Okay, yes. Tell those stories, but it's still common enough. Right, but I just feel like Irish culture places a lot more emphasis on, like, oral tradition than we do in America. And You're, like not, you're passing not from Ireland. Stories. You don't know. No, I don't. That's why I'm saying. <laughs> That's why I'm saying. If these are stories you grew up with or were told or, like, you've got those superstitions, I would like to hear them. Oh, my God. Stop looking at me like let's, that. Let's talk about a new fairy. Okay, please. Yes. Let's talk about a leprechaun. leprechaun. Yes. St. Patty's Day, the ideal time for the leprechaun to appear in northern Minnesota. I would argue that the leprechaun is the most famous fairy, like other other than the Tinkerbell style fairy. Okay, yes. Well, I mean, I don't know that like we I classify it as a fairy in my mind. You know, like you I always I always put it with like goblins and trolls and dwarves and stuff. Are those fairies? I I would think so. Okay. Depending on what area you're from. Yes. Okay. So leprechauns are earth fairies because there's elementals, right? So mm-hmm. leprechauns are earth fairies. Okay. And their specialty or their specialty is shoemaking. Leprechauns are known for being extremely small, of course, wearing green clothes and hiding treasure. Just all of those tropes and that's okay, pretty Okay, so they do wear green clothes, that's a thing. Yeah, for sure. And like they had the little elf style shoes like with the little curly toes, you know? How old is this legend? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> because I always picture them in kind of like, um, like pilgrimy clothes, you know, like with yes. buckles on their shoes and it stuff. It is very funny that you say that because that was going to be the next thing I said. So, okay, wow. So a Great lot, minds to go like. A lot of these fairy stories are a lot older than the leprechaun fairy tale. Okay, so let's kind of This is a lot more recent, early 17th century, which is that pilgrim era. Okay, so you can trace this back to a legitimate like author or what? Yes, but I did not write that down. Oh, okay. <laughs> but it, it was first appearing in books or poetry in the early 17th century. And it was featured in a 1888 book called Fairy and Folktales of the Irish Peasantry. And in that book, they were described as small withered old men. 
and they were described as ill-tempered, mischievous, and basically just shitheads. Okay. Um, and I feel like the movie The Leprechaun, starring Jennifer Aniston and Warwick Davis, <laughs> okay. um, really does perfectly describe how a fairy should be, maybe minus the killing. Sure. And so my, like... Or not a fairy, a leprechaun, I should say. My picture, and I'm sure, like, everyone's picture of a leprechaun is, like, mischievous, hiding something, Mm -hmm. bad-tempered, trying to steal me gold (laughs) sort of thing. But, like, they're not, they're not, like, cute and fun. No. They're, they're like, the Lucky Charms leprechaun. No. They're, like... They're shitty old men fairies that hate people yeah and if anyone tries to steal their treasures they will probably try to hurt you and you know what wouldn't we all i have a story about a leprechaun yes please so there have been a bunch of sightings over the past several centuries of course but they do still occur to this day the story that i have is from 1938 okay there was a schoolboy named john Keeley who claimed to have actually spoken to a fairy in wet or in the west of limerick And when he told his friends about it, they basically dared him to go back and speak to it because they didn't believe him. Why didn't they believe him? Well, because it's a fairy. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. See, this is how people who see UFOs feel all the time. (laughs) So so Kiwi knew what he saw. So he returned to the spot and the fairy was still there. And the boy asked him where he was from and what he was doing. And the fairy replied, I'm from the mountains and it's all equal to you what my business is. You know what? He's just like a New Yorker. Yeah, pretty much an <laughs> Irish, just, an Irish New Yorker. Yeah, like, where, what do you want from this guy? So after getting that response, Keeley left. He's like, "I'm not going to deal with this," and he's not going to deal with me, as it should be. But he returns the next day, and that day, Keeley met two fairies and held the hand of one of them, hopefully with consent. Yeah. <laughs> so Keeley's friends had actually followed him that day. Because they thought they could possibly steal the treasure of the fairies. But they never believed him. Well, they believed him again after he went back to talk to the fairy. And he continued saying, yes. Okay, happened. so they were like, you've been talking about this shit enough. Fine, we believe you. Or at least they'll just follow him to see what's going on. Got it. Basically, the point is his friends showed up. And Keeley believes that if they had not shown up, the fairies would have likely kidnapped him for visiting again. Ah, now we're into the the realm of kidnapped by fairies. Mm-hmm. That's all the other story, though. But, okay, but but people physically saw them, and he escaped with his life. Supposedly, supposedly. Now you know where did the kidnapping by fairies come from? Because that's not... oh, we'll we'll get there. Okay, and we'll talk about a different fairy in a little bit. I have a, a short little one that I want to talk about before we talk about that one. Okay, let's talk about the puka. Puka. Puka shell necklace. This is a fairy that is basically a shapeshifter. In my mind, it's the equivalent to a skinwalker. Okay. But a fairy version. Mm -hmm. So at nighttime, they can transform into basically anything they want, whether it be human, bat, eagle, goat, horse, whatever they want. In the middle of the night, the puka may destroy crops and terrify livestock, but not all of the stories are negative, but most of them are. Generally, an encounter with a puka is considered to be bad luck, as this fairy creature is a sign of oncoming doom. Okay. They're known for their cunning wit, as well as their lies and deception. 
So the puka is a perfect example of a trickster. Okay, nice. It's also considered to be a fertility spirit since it has the power to create or destroy, uh, basically shape-shifting, and it has the ability to speak with humans, and in some legends, the puka is also a gifted prophesizer. Hmm. In most stories, it often appears as a horse, and it sometimes gallops across the countryside, knocking down fences and gates, destroying crops in the process, and in this form, the puka likes to take a rider, and it's usually a drunkard that it will have ride on its back, and on a wild ride all nights, they shake him off. That's said that when a person is so drunk and they can't remember what happened the night before, it's because a puka kidnapped them. <laughs> it's basically an excuse to get drunk and not remember and anything. And then, like, stumble in the next morning and be like, sorry, hon. <laughs> it was the puka. That's basically all there is for the puka. It's just a do quick, we, short Do one. you have, like, a general description of what they are, when what they look like when they're not shifted? Into shapes? Um, no, because I think they're just known for doing whatever they or being whatever they want. Okay. I'm sure there is like a true form, but like I think they're usually described as the horse. Okay. Horse. Don't trust a horse. I didn't to begin with, but now I trust them less. <laughs> but now let's get back to what you were saying earlier. We're gonna talk about changelings. Changelings to me, spookiest fairy. Spookiest concept. I, I think so, too. And you, dear listeners, will soon hear why. So the legend of the changeling is popular throughout Europe, but especially in Ireland. These creatures are fairies who swap with human babies and are described as being sickly and abnormal. So changelings were said to have an unusual greenish tint to their skin or just were very pale. When a changeling took the place of a baby, they were said to have really soft, like piteous cries, but they also had a vast vocabulary. So like in what? <laughs> okay, that's basically new imagine me. a newborn or just a young baby speaking with you. Okay, but see that to me would be clear sign, changeling. Oh yeah, of course. And some changelings in some stories are constantly hungry and because of that they're always crying. Okay. So a human child could be taken due to a lot of different factors, or to, for a lot of different reasons, I should say. Maybe a fairy would want a human to act as a servant. Maybe the fairies just really love humans and want to take care of a human child. Or maybe there's something a little more malicious we don't know about. They want to eat a baby. so Or, okay. or procreate with it, which is a common theme in fairy lore. So... Here's my question. Is this a fairy and a changeling like uh, working together or the fairy turns into a changeling? Basically, like how, does, how does this work? Because to me, it seems like the fairy is replacing the baby with something else. Is the changeling like a different fairy and the yes. kidnapped baby? There's is two for my limited research on changelings. There's changelings. There's two different types. Okay. There's one where they replace the baby with, like, a piece of wood or something that they give Enchanted. life to. They enchant it, and okay. it lives for a very short while before it dies. But I feel like in most cases, it's usually just a fairy that takes the place of a baby. And there's several different reasons why that could happen. In some rare cases, some very elderly fairy people could be exchanged in the place of a human baby... And then the old fairy could live in comfort, being coddled by its human parents. 
before it dies. Right. So they just want to, like, have a comfortable, healthy retirement, basically. That's horrifying. Yeah, it's gross, isn't it? So, I mean, that's one example, but I'm under the impression that it's usually a baby fairy that the fairy parents either don't want or they would just prefer a human baby for whatever reason. So they just make the switcheroo. Okay. But the basically the parents, like one day they'll have like a happy, healthy baby that's like, oh, cute, this is my baby. And then the next day they'll wake up and the baby will be all sickly and crying all the time. And then they'll be like, oh, changeling. Right. This isn't my baby. It's not acting like my baby, but it looks like my baby. Right. Okay. So... There are some ways to like try and prevent this from happening or maybe discover if it happened. So there's like simple little charms that or or like even superstitions that Irish families would do. Uh, they would invert their clothing, especially coats or outer coats, because apparently that wards off fairies or people from or from fairies from taking children. Okay. Um they could also leave out open iron scissors where the child sleeps, which doesn't sound dangerous at all. Yeah, I mean, okay, flipping out the baby's clothes, no one wants an ugly baby. No one wants, a, like, a poorly dressed baby. Leaving iron scissors open by your baby is like asking for CPS to come take your baby. So you're losing your baby no matter what. Though iron, yeah, iron fairies don't like iron. Right, among other word monsters. On the street. Otherwise, the only other measure you could do to protect your child is to just constantly watch over the child. Yeah. So according to folklore, it is possible to detect a changeling in a bunch of different ways. Many folktales offer unusual solutions such as brewing a beer or cooking a stew in an eggshell or otherwise hauling water in a bunch of eggshells and pretending they're heavy buckets. The reason they do this is because... It causes the accused changeling to basically shout out, I am hundreds of years old and I've never seen something like that. (laughs) Basically, you're just shocking the changeling into talking to you. That'd be like me talking to somebody and purposely mispronouncing Pokemon names and just to get effort to come out and be like, God damn it. It's not Pikachu. It's Pikachu. (laughs) It's so dumb. Um, I love it, though. Here's another way that you can detect if your child is now a changeling. So you could suspend the child over a fire And if the child is a changeling, it's supposed to flee up the chimney or out the nearest window. But you still don't have your baby back. No. You're just getting rid of the changeling. Yes. So I guess my my thought is like the changeling is there essentially to suck the parents dry, right? Because they're taking care of something that basically will never be happy, but they're obligated to take care of it because it's their baby, right? So you can't get rid of it because it'll always come back. Unless you can determine it's a change. Unless you can get it to flee up the chimney with his little baby legs. There's you, you can also brew a tea with foxglove, which is a poisonous plant. Mm-hmm. And it's said that if you do this, it will send the changeling back to its real parents. By murdering it. No, I think it just gets scared because it knows that foxglove is that poisonous. You're trying, that you're trying to murder it. Right. So children suspected to be changelings could have been expected to have very difficult lives because they're basically experiencing daily abuse, neglect, 
or maybe even murdered. Sure. Yeah. So generally, a lot of these killings went unjustified, but there is one case that was recorded in which a 10-year-old girl was left on a pile of manure overnight, and she died of exposure, and her parents were brought to trial. So basically, what we can gather from this is, I think the changeling is a tale of a child dying too young, or like becoming very ill. Yes, or, um, yeah, like you have a baby, and one day it's perfectly fine, and then the next day it's fussy, it doesn't seem like your baby. Maybe, like, don't they say that, um, you know, children with autism, like, they don't start to show signs until, like, around two or even later. So they'll be, like, a like progressing as if they're, like, a neurotypical child. And then eventually they'll, their personality will start to change and they'll exhibit signs. I'm, again... Not a doctor or in I mean, any way. Uh, obviously, it's able. a spectrum, so I think it would vary. Yes, but, but like, do you know what I mean? Ch- children can make those sorts of changes. And to me, it seems like an excuse to. Um, but, but even but especially back in the day before modern medicine, it wasn't even mental health. It was also literally just regular physical health. Yes, it, it just so seems. So if you take a turn for the worse after you, you know, eat some bad yes. soda bread or whatever. <laughs> It just it seems the the concept of a changeling seems to me to be an excuse for not wanting to care for what you might consider to be a burdensome child, like a sick child. Right. Or, you know, maybe you just don't like your kid. I don't know. I feel like if the parents like if if changeling was a popular belief and parents were like, this kid is a changeling, nobody would fault them for being like get out of here you know yeah for be abusive times were different back then yeah not cool man i have a very short story of a changeling okay so in 1869 in tula county clare there was a woman named kate maloney and she was concerned about her daughter who had undergone a strange transformation and was in poor health And there was a wise woman acquaintance who confirmed that Kate's daughter had changed. And that's in quotations because Mm -hmm. that's just the process of a child being stolen and replaced. Got it. And unfortunately, the child, Changeling, died soon after. But it really just sounds like she had a sick kid that died. Right. This one. This one. I wonder if it's also a thing you don't want to believe that you gave birth to a sick child. And so it's kind of your way of distancing yourself from the fact that your kid was sick or sickly. And so or maybe even not so personal. Maybe it's just the idea of like, how could God or whoever we believe in take away something as innocent as a sweet child? You know, I have one other short story about a changeling. Okay. So at the beginning of the 20th century, there was a reverend, Reverend Spicer, who told a story about a woman who he referred to as Mrs. K, who was almost kidnapped by fairies in Castletown. She went to find her daughter, and when it was nighttime, she was suddenly surrounded by fairies who were in the process of bringing her towards South Barule Mountain. Mrs. K was soon able to escape after calling out for her son, and then she took her son with her. Hmm. 
So that was like a preventive, like, I caught you in the act from replacing my child with a changeling. Yeah. Interesting. I just, I want to know what what they're doing with the kids. You know, like where this concept of being kidnapped and taken by fairies came from. That's freaky. So I, I listened to a very short documentary about fairies and According to this, and I'm not going to name who it was in case they have bad information because I didn't research this, but according to them, fairies love to procreate with humans. For what? Why? Why would you want a bunch of half-human, half-fairies? Apparently it's stronger children, stronger DNA. So a lot of, it's usually... I I guess it kind of makes sense. It's usually a lady fairy with a male human, but it can be the other way around as well. Sure. It's interesting because fairies are like, they're kind of like gods in a certain sense. The the old stories were that only gods and fairies could walk between the realms, between the human world and the fairy realm and any other realm. And I'm wondering what the difference between gods and fairies are then. If you were to believe the post-Christian conversion fairy lore, Mm -hmm. it's that fairies are the lower demons. Oh. So it's like they they are the fallen angels that followed Lucifer, but like weren't high up enough to be called demons. So they were just labeled fairies. But they have like magical. Yeah, they have like magical powers i guess you could say or different attributes see it's kind of interesting it's like it's like there's gods there's Mm -hmm. angels Mm -hmm. there's humans there's demons and satan but like fairies are like angels and demons so they're like good and bad they're like the offspring of angel and demon or like angel and human or demon that's a nephilim but I yeah I don't know it's just they're in this weird in between that doesn't fit and I like it. It's almost like they had to be put somewhere after Christianity was trying to convert the pagans. Well, well, yeah, yeah, you got to find a place to fit fit the beliefs in to yeah. your, to the Christian worldview. Fascinating. Well, well, those were the only fairies I had prepared because it is St. Patty's Day, and mm-hmm. I am ready to swim in the green green river <laughs> in Chicago, which I've been seeing so many videos about recently. Yeah. That's I, nuts. I, I This is the first year in Apparently all of I his never, years ever has never heard of the fact I, that they died. The, I have never seen green. or heard this before this year. I don't know why it's so big right now this year, but I'm just watching it. And there was like a video of a duck swimming in a green river. I'm like, that can't be healthy for these <laughs> For these wildlife and these fish and yeah, birds and such. I've never actually seen it, but um, yeah, very, I did know it was a big thing. It's very green. There's a lot of <laughs> Irish Americans in Chicago and a lot of people who claim to be Irish American on St. Patrick's Day. Everyone is Irish on St. Patrick's Day in America. I'm going to make some soda bread. My mom's soda bread. I'm going to make some corned beef, some cabbage. And I'll buy some Guinness. I've heard I'll buy Guinness. I will try one, and that will sustain me until next year <laughs> because I'm not a big fan of Guinness. It's going to be great. But um, I have some news stories for you. 
and they're all pretty great. Are they Irish adjacent? None of them have anything to do with what we've been speaking about. Boo. I know. I'm sorry. But these have been some sh- shorter, like cryptid related episodes recently. But I'm, I, g- I'm getting prepared for a nice long series. And I have another one of my uh, favorite alien adjacent episodes coming out next week. So this was just to tide you over and get you in the the it's Irish to, spirit. Yeah, it's to celebrate. Yeah, Colleen. I know. So happy St. Patrick's Day. Yes, tell me, tell me the news. Okay, the good so, news. So this one, literally, as we were recording this, my phone buzzed and I looked down at the notification. It came from our Discord. Semantics, who we have talked about previous in previous episodes, he's basically the third member of a little spooky at this Pretty point. Much, yes. Um, he had sent me an article, and clearly he knows me all too well because this caught my eye, and I knew as soon as I saw the title that I was going to read this on the show. Okay. Baby born pregnant with her own twins. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean? What, baby what do you mean born, what does it mean? A baby was born pregnant? Yes. How is that possible? Oh, wouldn't you like to know? I would. Okay. Well, let me move forward. A baby born in Hong Kong was pregnant with her own siblings at the time of her birth. Okay, her own siblings. I get it. Yes, now. but okay. she was pregnant. There were twins inside of this baby. So technically, not only were they her siblings, they were her children. Yeah. So the baby's condition, known as fetus in fetu, is incredibly rare. And it's not clear why it happens. Here, this is why pregnancy is horrifying. Because of this. Because this happens every time. No, because of this quote by an actual obstetrician gynecologist by a scientist by a doctor weird things happen in pregnancy that we just don't understand can you imagine being a human who can bear children all excited you're pregnant you have a baby and then you go to the doctor for your checkup and the doctor's like holy shit your child is pregnant and you're like what well, you, surely you've seen this before. What's going on? And the doctor's like, fuck if I know. Women are weird. We were still leeching people not even 100 years ago, Colleen. I'm just, I'm just saying there's a lot we don't know. Look, there's nothing more horrifying than growing a human being and then being told by the doctor during this confusing and honestly terrifying process. Fuck if I know, dude. You're the one who's harboring a human parasite. (laughs) Anyways, the World Health Organization considers a tiny fetus found within an infant to be a kind of tumor rather than a developing fetus. But the doctors who treated the baby girl wrote that rather than a tiny tumor, the fetuses may instead be the remains of sibling twins that were absorbed during the pregnancy. So a tumor. So they had to wait until the girl was three weeks old. They didn't, they saw it on an ultrasound, but then they were like, there's a weird mass in your baby. We're going to have to like wait till she's born and then, you know, check it out. And then they open her up and there's fetuses in there. I'm guessing that the babies of the baby did not survive. 
because they probably weren't really babies. Right. Yes. Um, each of the babies had an umbilical cord that linked to a placenta like mass in the girl's belly. Obviously, this girl did not have these babies herself. So right. they're assuming that she is a triplet that absorbed her own siblings, right. which is a metal. They were still alive and growing when they were absorbed into the baby's body. So she was actually growing her siblings. But obviously, you know, she's a bit fetus herself. So space is limited. Right. And they didn't make it stuff or whatever. But like, what? That's pretty weird. That's freaking awesome. I mean, think of like. 18 years from now, she's sitting in her, like, British Literature 101 class at the University of Hong Kong. And they're like, all right, everybody, introduce yourselves and tell yourself, tell everybody, like, one interesting fact about yeah, yourself. You an icebreaker. <laughs> yeah, and everyone's like, um, I play soccer. Uh, my name's Jim. Um, I uh, once found a a bean stuck in my nose when I was a child. And then she comes on and she's like, hey, I'm Jill. I was pregnant with my own siblings as a child. But in a not creepy way. <laughs> I'm guessing she will not be keen to tell the story no, when she is older. You know she will. You know in like second and third grade, she's going to be that kid who says that weird fact and the teachers are going to have to be like, very interesting, Jill. There was, like, a kid in my class who, every time they had to do an interesting fact, they'd be like, when I was a baby, I almost died from my heart having a hole in it. And then everyone had to be like, cool, you're still alive now. <laughs> okay. <that's, laughs> and the rant. It's getting too personal. Let's move on. All right, so that was my first episode. Thank you, Semantics, for showing me that. I um, It was perfectly chosen for me. Next, uh, I got. I sent Colleen one. Everett sent me this one, and I'll read it right now since he already um, knows what it is. Ancient Japanese stone said to contain demon cracks open. Yes, legend. Th this is how the earth is going to end. Yeah. Well, I mean, let's. We're already at the beginning of the end. Mm -hmm. This might just speed it the up next, a bit. The next step. A cracked stone in the small town of Nasu, located in the. Tochigi Prefecture of Japan is drawing a lot of attention, reports Justin McCurry for The Guardian. Last Monday, a famous rock rumored to contain a demon has split in two. So according to local folklore, the volcanic rock... Oh gosh, I apologize because I don't speak Japanese, but it's called Sesho Seki, which means killing stone, held the evil spirit of Tamamo no Mei, a nine-tailed fox who took the form of a beautiful woman. Mm -hmm. She became involved in a plot to overthrow the emperor who ruled from 1107 to 1123. A warrior by the name of Miru, Miura Nosuke caught wind of the plan and killed her before she could execute it. And upon her death, her fleeing spirit became trapped inside that chunk of volcanic stone, which, according to the myth, kills anyone who touches it. The boulder was a registered historical landmark in 1957. It's famous in ja throughout like Japanese literature and art. Um, and on March 5th, it friggin' broke. It was split in half, and a rope that was attached to it was detached. So, um, so that thousand-year-old trapped spirit is now, like, freaking out and about. The Nine Tails, the Pokemon, 
has now escaped and is going to kill everyone nearby. They're trying to sell us some bullshit that recent rains and freezing temperatures seeped into cracks on the stone surface, causing it to weaken and split. But like that's absolute bullshit. I mean, that probably is what happened, but that doesn't change the fact that the stone could still be the home to a demon. No, man. Who cares how it broke? It just broke. Uh, apparently officials are determining what to do with the stone one tourism official hopes they can put it back together put that shit back together it's too late it's gone oh my god why why close it it's gone just let it happen is what you're trying to say no it's too late we should just let let that spirit wreak havoc well we don't know what her intentions are at this point she might have calmed down over a thousand you gotta get nine tails back into the rock before you put it back together that's what I'm saying. It's too late. She's gone. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, if you see a vengeful spirit rattling about, at least you know what it is. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> I don't know how to help you, but, you know, at least you have some background information before your death. The final article I have, um, I actually only chose because it has a pretty, like, weird picture related to it. So... Jogger stumbles across creature that could very well be an alien after a storm. A jogger stumbles across a bizarre, squidgy-looking anomaly during a run. He turned to the internet for help to identify what it could be. Harry Hayes shared an image of the creature online, and it looks fucking disgusting. I don't like the term squidgy. Yeah, well, that's a pretty good description for it. It looks almost exactly, you know, in, in the first Men in Black movie where uh, Will Smith has to, like, deliver a weird alien baby in the back of a car, and it's kind of like a weird octopus sort of human I'm going to be creature. honest with you. I didn't really very much enjoy those movies, so I don't remember them very well. Oh, man. Okay. Well. Let me see it. Show it to me. Okay. Handing my phone over. Describe. That's a ball sack with a wiener hanging off of it. (laughs) It's got an eye, though. That's a ball sack with an eye on it. (laughs) It's a wiener and balls with an eye. Actually, if you look at it, though, it does kind of look like a brownish gray heart with like a ventricle coming off of it. Yeah, a little bit. Or like a lung with a wiener and an eye. Yep. (laughs) They describe it as, let's see, a long trunk-like section, a part that looks like a human lung and what could be an eye. Um, He says it washed up in recent bad weather in Sydney, Australia. And he says that with how 2022 is going so far, he's not willing to rule out the fact that it could very well be an alien. My gut says it's some kind of embryo, but with COVID, World War III, and the floods, this could very well be an alien. (laughs) (laughs) I I love how everyone's first assumption is alien, but like, there's so much stuff that's washing up on shore recently that's just from the deep ocean. Yes, this looks very much to me like... The blob. uh, The the blobfish. Like something that would look very different in an extreme, high-pressure, very deep ocean situation. But even so... I'd still consider that an alien. There is still the possibility that aliens are living underwater. It's true. Well, that and yes, you you are correct. It is alien to me in general. So checking it off. Alien discovered in Sydney in March 2022. It's all Greek to me. This is Australia. Greece is a different part of the world. But who cares about Australia and Greece? Because it's... St. Patty's Day. It's all about Ireland. 
So it's your day, Ireland. <laughs> it is your day. So go green. Go green. For the, the ecological reasons. And that's all we have today. Yeah. If you have an episode topic request, or if you want to send us a story, whether it be something you see, like an article or a news story, or if you have a personal story that you would like us to read on the show, send it our way. You can send it to Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. All are at NerdslothHQ. Or feel free to email us at podcasts at nerdsloth.com. And we'll be back at you next week with some tasty, tasty alien stories read by yours truly. And we love you. We love you. Bye. Bye. Happy St. Patrick's Day. Bye. Presented by Nerdsloth. A place for lazy nerds. If you like what you heard, consider donating at patreon.com slash nerdsloth so we can continue bringing you quality shows. Be sure to also leave us a review and share your favorite episodes and clips on social media. If you're looking for more content, visit us at nerdsloth.com. 